You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. Hey, I wanted to uh, say something before the podcast starts this week. It's sort of an important note and a downer, maybe not a downer message, but I wanted to talk to you very seriously before the podcast. So we'll get to the theme music and the intro rant and your questions in a minute, but I need to say this first. Uh, another gay teenager in another small town has killed himself. So I hope you're happy, American Family Association, all you Christian bastards who keep anti-bullying programs out of our high schools because Billy Lucas, who was just 15 years old, hanged himself in a barn on his grandmother's property after enduring uh, intense bullying at the hands of his classmates at his high school, rural Indiana classmates, who called him a fag and told him to go kill himself, which he did. His mother found his body. Nine out of 10 gay teenagers experience bullying and harassment at school, and gay teens are four times likelier to attempt suicide. Many LGBT kids who kill themselves live in rural areas like Billy Lucas did, or exurbs or suburban areas, and places really with no gay organizations or services for queer kids or visible gay people at all. You know, I posted a, a piece about Billy to uh, my blog, to slog, and somebody wrote in the comments, my heart breaks for the pain and torment you went through, Billy Lucas. I wish I could have told you that things get better. And I thought when I read that, I thought, Jesus Christ, that's the reaction I had. That's the same reaction I have every time I read one of these stories. And there's been a lot of stories lately about gay teenagers in isolated parts of the country killing themselves. And I always think I wish I could have talked to this kid for five minutes. I wish I could have told Billy Lucas that it gets better. I would have told him that however bad things are right now, however isolated and alone you feel, it gets better. But, you know, gay adults, we're not allowed to talk to these kids, these isolated kids. Schools and churches are not going to bring in gay adults to talk to teenagers who are being bullied or to talk to the people who are bullying them. Many of these kids have homophobic parents who believe that they can prevent their gay children from growing up to be gay or from ever coming out by depriving them of information and resources and positive role models. And I was thinking all this and then sitting in an airport, sitting at JFK and thought, why are we waiting for permission to talk to these kids? We have the ability to talk directly to them right now. We do not need the permission of their parents or their school principal to tell them that it gets better. We can reach these kids. We can make videos that we post to YouTube in which we tell them it gets better. I've launched a YouTube channel, something I never thought I would say, youtube.com slash it gets better project to host videos. My normally camera shy husband and I have already posted one. We both went to Christian schools and we were both bullied. He had it a lot worse than I did. And we're living proof that it gets better. In our video, please go watch it. We don't dwell on the past. We talk mostly about all the meaningful things that are in our lives now. Our families, our friends who are gay and straight, the places we've gone, the things we've experienced. Our families, our friends who are gay and straight, the places we've gone, the things we've experienced, all the stuff we would have missed out on if we'd killed ourselves back then. Not to get too cheesy or gay history on everybody, but Harvey Milk famously said, you got to give him hope. And today we have the power to give these kids hope. We have the tools to reach out to them and tell our stories and let them know that it gets better. Online support groups are great. Glisten does amazing work. The Trevor Project, the suicide prevention organization for gay teens, is invaluable. But many LGBT youth are in despair because they can't picture what their lives might be like as openly gay adults. They can't imagine a future for themselves. 
So what I want to do with this It Gets Better project is show them our lives, show them what our lives are like, show them what the future may hold in store for them. The video my husband and I made is up now, all by itself. I'd like to add submissions from other gay and lesbian adults, singles and couples, with kids or without, established in careers or just starting out, urban, rural, all races, all religions, and backgrounds to the channel. Go to YouTube.com, It Gets Better Project, for instructions on submitting a video. If you're gay or lesbian or bi or trans and you've ever read about a kid like Billy Lucas and thought, fuck, I wish I could have told him that it gets better, this is your chance. We can't help Billy, but there are lots of other Billies out there, other LGBT kids who are being bullied and harassed right now, kids who don't think that they have a future, and we can help them. They need to know it gets better. Submit a video. Give them hope. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony. I am not now, nor have I ever been, a foot fetishist. Yet foot fetishism haunts me. It seems to be the fetish that uh, I'm always citing as an example of the unindulgent partner being at fault. And it it, it, it just follows me around. So I get another letter. Years ago, I got a letter from a woman who dumped a guy because she found out he had a foot fetish and uh, she was a waitress and had, he had been massaging her feet after shifts and she loved this until she found out that it gave him a boner, that there was something in it for him and then it was too freaky. He wasn't normal. She dumped him. And that was when I hatched the karmic rule of kink, which was if you dump the honest foot fetishist, I guarantee that you will marry the dishonest necrophiliac and you will deserve it. And on your honeymoon – no, not on your honeymoon. After you have a couple kids and extracting yourself from a relationship will be very difficult and problematic, he'll ask you to lay down in a tub full of ice. And you will remember the honest, sweet, loving, indulgent foot fetishist you dumped and you will cry as you bring your body temperature down to an acceptable level. So I get another letter today from a foot fetish – from a girl dating a foot fetishist who's just freaking the fuck out because her partner ain't normal. And – this person says now, which is becoming really the tripwire for my fury, anger, uh, psychosis. She explains in great detail uh, why she's flipping out that this isn't normal, that she may have to dump this guy, that a foot fetishist isn't someone that she could picture herself with because really she's using her feet at all times and can't spare them even for a moment for him. And then she says, I've been reading you for 10 years. And I just want to reach through the email and wrap my hands around her throat and choke some sense into her. If you've been reading me for 10 minutes, you should know how I'm going to react to my partner has this really JV kink. This thing that isn't a lot of skin off your ass or any other part of your body to indulge. And you're flipping out because you can't find it within yourself. To just stick your foot in his face and lay back and think of England or me or something. Or think of the pleasure you're giving your partner that is costing you literally nothing. It's squicky. Okay, it's squicky. A, toe, a tongue between your toes the first time someone does that to you. Okay, maybe that's a little squicky. Maybe that's a little unfamiliar of feeling. But you can get used to it. You can, for love, get used to anything. 
This episode is sponsored by the Ultimate Fetish Store, ExtremeRestraints.com. To get 10% off ExtremeRestraints.com's selection of fine sex toys, bondage gear, fucking machines, electro sex, and so much more, just enter the coupon code KINKY at checkout. That's KINKY, K-I-N-K-Y, to get 10% off your entire order at ExtremeRestraints.com. Today's Lovecast is brought to you by Get STD Tested. One phone call can hook you up with confidential, same-day STD testing, at-home testing, and other services that take the hassle out of getting yourself checked out. Call 888-387-1879 for more info. Hi, Dan. I am a straight woman, and for about a month, I've been dating a guy who is 28, which is a few years older than me. Before me, he'd only ever kissed, and he hadn't even done that very much. But that's all good because he's a quick learner, so it's just been like a fun adventure. Um, there's one weird thing. He's apparently never had an orgasm while awake. He'll see pre-cum on his dick and be like, oh, I guess I came a couple minutes ago. And I've tried to explain that orgasms are not things you find out about later. But, um, yeah, he's just never experienced cum, like, shooting out. It just sort of lightly coped it. And that's, like, the most that he's ever experienced. Um, he's had wet dreams where there was like a lot of semen and he had to go change, so it's physically possible for him to come. But um, yeah, I asked if he could show me how he masturbates, and he was like, well, I guess I do this, because um, yeah, he doesn't actually masturbate very much. Um, and he's not just saying that because I like talked to him about how I masturbate and stuff, so, um, so he's just not very interested if it's not with another person. Um, with me, he's interested in sex, he gets hard, he finds things pleasurable, he gets really, really into things, but he just never quite climaxes. And um, yeah, I still like giving him hand jobs and blowjobs even without him coming. It's still fun for me. And I've told him this because I don't want him to feel pressured. I've tried to really emphasize it. Um, one thing that may be related, he has a very specific kink. He has a fantasy about raping and unmasking Batgirl. And we tried acting on this once, and it was all fine until a few minutes after we finished. And we were cuddling, and then I started crying. It was really bizarre. It was like this physical reaction. I couldn't get the tears to stop coming out. He felt really, really bad, and I tried to tell him that he didn't do anything wrong because we had a safe word, that I, and I didn't feel like I needed to use it at any point. And I know he would have stopped if I had used it, but, yeah, he was just he was really, like... Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have asked you to do that. We'll never do that again. <laughs> I was just like, no, no, no. I, you know, I'm thinking that I don't know if maybe I could ease into it, maybe take some baby steps to get there, or if maybe we should just wait until we've been going out longer than, you know, a month <laughs> and we've had more time to establish trust, um, or if it's just something like I'll always have an aversion to. But um, my main question is just about the orgasming in general. Just like, have you heard of this lack of orgasms in guys? Um, do you have any suggestions for things we could be doing or anything? Uh, that sort of thing. There's so many things that could be going on with this dick that I don't even know where to start. Um, you say he doesn't masturbate much or at all, has wet dreams. Is he from a really religious background? Was masturbation taboo in his family? Was he ever punished uh, by psychotic parents uh, who felt that or spotted him touching himself? And created this hang-up. Uh, also, when he has attempted to masturbate, uh, 
did he give up too soon? Did he learn a bad pattern? Uh, does he need to start over and really explore on his own, his body, his dick, how it works? Was he circumcised in a way that made masturbation painful or eliminated so many nerve endings that uh, – Masturbation doesn't really do it for him or, or dick stimulation doesn't really do it for him and he needs this huge and massive head trip to get himself uh, to the threshold and over the edge. Those are all questions that you should discuss with him and uh, something that he should explore really on his own. Uh, he does need to um, – that he doesn't need to. He's not obligated to. He would be well advised and that's what we traffic in here, well advised, to get his dick up uh, and running and so he should uh, – focus primarily right now i think on solo sex which is not to say he needs to dump you or get rid of you but he really does need to spend some time with porn with lube with a flashlight with vibrators uh seeing if he can't program his dick uh to function and uh splash one out and learn to splash him out regularly and learn what it takes what his dick requires what kind of stimulation uh gets him to that uh place where he can with a partner climax as for the rape role play you nailed it when you said do we need to ease into it yes absolutely you need to ease into it and if the first time you indulged him in his rape role play as the victim you were left sobbing afterwards that's a pretty good indication that you went from zero to 60 or 70 or 80 when you really should have gone from zero to 20 uh when you're engaged in potentially in a kind of role play that is daring, uh, that is varsity level, you want to, at first, you know, a little light dusting of it. Yes, you had a safe word, and yes, you could have pressed that button, but there's pressure in a situation like that not to disappoint your partner, particularly if you're a woman who has been socialized not to say no to men, not to disappoint men, to indulge men, uh, so there was sort of these, uh, you know, riptides and cross currents functioning under the surface that per perhaps neither of you were aware of where you felt inhibited about using that safe word and directing the play. And the way around that, you know, jump in a time machine, go back before it is the very first few times, few, you know, first few dozen times you indulge them in this kind of power exchange. You're not going for the brass ring. You're not, you know, doing the full drama the full play cycle, the full history cycle. You're not doing the full-on rape role-play fantasy that he's been turning over and over in his head all his life. You're just putting little elements, little flavor crystals of uh, power exchange on your regular sex and sex that you enjoy. And you work your way up to uh, the elaborate role-play scenario that he's excited about. Also, with those sorts of role-play scenarios that someone's excited about, you can indulge that through dirty talk, without any of the activity, without any of the action, which can seem, you know, intimidating and inhibiting, and just, you know, have vanilla sex, but with just a stream of pervy shit coming out of your mouth and out of his mouth while you're doing it about the sex you're going to have in the future that will be, you know, varsity sex, full-on role-play scenarios. So, yeah, jump in a time machine, go back, and take it slower, and uh, use your safe word, and feel empowered to use that safe word and direct the play. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm a 27-year-old uh, gay guy, and I have a question about a kink. Uh, about nine, ten years ago, I was walking home from school, and I uh, came across a man walking opposite way in the parking lot. We made eye contact, and so being the uh, uh, you know nice guy that I am, I said, hello, how's your day going? And he responded the same way, and then he he's like, my, you must have 
a you know a, a big dick. I'm like, um, uh, okay. He's like, yeah, it's got to be like nine inches or so. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a little weird. And uh, so I replied, no, it's it's about seven and a half. And then he offered to give me a blowjob. And I was still in the closet at the time. And, you know, strange man offering me a blowjob. I'm like, yeah, not so much. And he's like, okay, well, if you change your mind, I'll be, you know, at this place, you know, not too far from my apartment. And then, uh, so we parted ways, and then uh, I managed to get myself some beer. I was, yeah, like 19 at the time, 18, something like that, and had a couple, got a little drunk, and then the idea sounded like a good time. So I went to the place where he told me he'd be at and be like, hey, yeah, so I'm going to take you up on your idea now, on your offer. And uh, so we went back to my place, and he proceeded to give me one of the best blowjobs I've ever had in my entire life. And then right when I was about to come, he asked me if I had a, uh, a Ziploc bag. I'm like, uh, what for? He's like, oh, I wanted to collect your cum. And uh, simultaneously going through my head, I'm like, what, what could he possibly want, you know, want it for? And the only thing I could think of was to sell it on the black market. And simultaneously, my uh, reproductive system streams aboard a board. And so, you know, I ended up not coming and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, told him that I didn't have any Ziploc bags because I didn't, and then offered him some Tupperware, once again, being the polite guy that I am. And he declined, and then, uh, yeah, you know, you know, made out for a little bit, and then I gave him a blowjob, and, you know, next thing you know, you know, we left, you know, he left. And, uh, yeah, to this day, I, I still am not entirely sure what he wanted with my cum in a Ziploc bag for. Hope no one's having chowder for lunch. Here we go. Uh, some be well. There's no black market uh, for semen, so he wasn't going to take your spunk uh, in a little plastic bag and run down to the uh, will buy semen from anybody in any condition sperm donor uh, cut rate bank. What he's probably planning to do, and this is why you shouldn't be having chowder right now, was save it, throw it in the freezer. There are you know cum fetishes. It's an obvious thing to fetishize, really semen. And some people will save it up, freeze it, make ice cubes, eat it later. There are even people who've saved enough that they can make basically a frozen sperm dildo with which to penetrate themselves. What you could have, would have, should have done, and perhaps if you weren't so young and perhaps inebriated at that moment, was look at him and say, why? Why do you want uh, to save my cum in a little Ziploc baggie? And he would have said, for later, as a condiment. I'm making a nice come dildo and uh, the mystery would have been solved when people make a special request of us even if we're young even if they're older even if we're game uh special request you are allowed to say it is not a boner killer uh it is not impertinent or rude or uh ungame or ungg to say why 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 do you want to do that what's up with that and that's what you should have said and here's the funny thing about alcohol, really. You didn't want to do it. You, you, he kind of skeeved you out, maybe. The offer was a little weird. You had a couple of beers, and suddenly your inhibitions were lowered around accepting the offer for a blowjob. But it's amazing how the inhibition around asking somebody why uh, or what the turn-on is about or you know, second-guessing a request in a way that still – I mean, you were still up for it a little bit. You offered to get Tupperware. That inhibition, people sometimes have an even harder time overcoming. You'd already come the, overcome the inhibition to accept a blowjob from a strange man. And yet when he asked if he could save your spunk in a little plastic baggie, you were too inhibited even at that moment 
to uh, inquire about what the fuck he was up to. Maybe you needed another beer. This episode is sponsored by the Ultimate Fetish Store, ExtremeRestraints.com. To get 10% off ExtremeRestraint.com's huge selection of fine sex toys, bondage gear, fucking machines, electrosex, and so much more. Just enter the coupon code KINKY at checkout. That's KINKY to get 10% off your entire order at ExtremeRestraints.com. Act fast to take advantage of their incredible clearance section. ExtremeRestraints.com has some of the best toys selling for up to 80% off while supplies last. Don't miss out on some of this recession's hottest deals. Hi, Dan. I'm a 28-year-old single fella, and I have a kind of a sexual health and etiquette question. Um, It boils down basically to what do you think um, a guy should do um, if he is, you know, rolling around with somebody new and she makes it clear that uh, condom use is optional. Um, This happened to me recently, and it's a little bit of a turnoff. I mean, not maybe in the moment, because I am a guy, after all. Um, But afterwards, it's a little disconcerting. I don't want to be too prudish or judgmental, but, you know, I can only infer that um, if that's, uh, you know, common use is optional with me as a new lover, that it would be for everyone else that she may be involved with or, or, involved with or has been involved with in, in the past. Um, so then I, uh, I'm interested in seeing this girl again, um, but I uh, feel like I should say something, or I want to say something, and maybe I'm just... Uh, wanted to ask you about the reasonableness of my response, which would be something along the lines of, um, you know, I'm interested in seeing you again, but the fact that it seemed the condom use was optional with you is a little disconcerting. Um, and for us to be able to continue being involved with each other, I would need to know that, uh, you know, your sexual life outside of uh, its involvement with me is as safe as it can be without unnecessary risks. You're right to infer that if she's allowing you to fuck her without condoms, she's probably allowing other people to fuck her without condoms. That is not too great a leap. And if she took unnecessary risks with you, she's probably taking unnecessary risks with others. And at bottom, you could go to her and say, you know, I would like to keep seeing you to stay involved, but I'm a little concerned about the offer to let me fuck you without a condom and what that means about other people you might be seeing and risk and disease. And so I'm going to, I want you to tell me that you're being as safe as possible with others while we're, you and I are sexually involved. And here's why that's not going to work. Here's why, here's the, here's the problem. When she told you that you could go ahead and fuck her without a condom on some level, she was telling you what she thought you probably wanted to hear. Because she perhaps assumes from experience or what she knows of men that men prefer sex without condoms. And if she's told you what she thinks you want to hear around condom use, she's likely to tell you what she thinks you want to hear about safety. And once you've shown her your hand that safety matters and that it is, uh, you know, approaches the level of a deal breaker for you that she's allowing other men to fuck her without protection while she's fucking you, she is likely to tell you that she's being safe with others, even if she isn't. I think her actions on that night uh, represent a deal breaker. At least they would for me. With this one caveat. Is she, you know, on some fail-proof method of birth control? And was she able to infer, based on your shared sexual history, whatever conversation you two had, that you were low to no risk 
of having any STIs at all yourself. And so she decided in the heat of the moment to take a reasonable, calculated risk by allowing you to fuck her without a condom. And you're, you'll be the best judge of that in the moment when you have this conversation around safety with her. If she attempts to laugh off or is just a little too slick or glib about, oh, yeah, of course I'm safe with others, then I think she's shining you on. If she is a bit mortified and embarrassed and goes to great lengths to reassure you that it was out of character, the offer that she made you and that she is very safe with others, but for you, she felt that it was a reasonable risk and blah, 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 uh, and she regrets it then perhaps you can roll the dice on her. But I would uh, I would keep an eye on her myself if I were you. Um, hi, Dan. I uh, recently started to see someone from an online dating thing on OkCupid. Things have been going really well. Um, it's been less sort of shallow coincidences and a lot of getting to know someone very quickly. And I really like this person, but unfortunately I just got some news today about sort of what they've previously done or what their sexual history is. And I just kind of find it right now a little sexually deviant. Okay, so to get into it with you, um, this person told me that they used to go and get massages. And it was at a regular place. It wasn't in the context of like a love, like a love home or like a a sex parlor or anything like that. Uh, And he apparently just through one little comment, started getting um, hand jobs jerked off by one of the, this man that would give him massages. I thought it would be forgivable if it was maybe one time, but he was very open with me about this. And he had thought he had shared this with me before, but we were both drunk or worse. And uh, it turned out it was over 15 times, 10, 15 times. Uh, he comes from a school that... Uh, mostly predominantly men, and they're mostly electrical engineers types. It was schools that went five miles away from me. So I don't always quite grasp what a lot of the personalities of these guys are, but that's usually their reputation. They're slightly homoerotic guys. So I'm not questioning his sexuality or anything, but I just don't know if it's not in case forgivable, but something that I'm more flexible and accepting about him that this happened and the frequency of how many times he did end up getting happy endings from this guy at a regular massage place uh, when he used to live in another state. Anyway, I know it's nitpicky, and I could be put in hold for what my perspective is on this, but it's slightly bothering me to the point where I'm thinking, obviously, of confronting him more about it than what I have or how I've dealt with it, and I just don't want to be complacent about it. I just listened to your call. Uh-huh. And I have a question. So in your call, you said that, you know, once you could understand that would have been acceptable, but 15 times, where's the tipping point exactly? At which point did it go from, he's getting a hand job, and I don't have a problem with that, from a dude, to, oh my God, panic attack? Oh, the, the 12th one? Maybe. Or does he get a dozen, you know, get a gimme for a dozen? Or where did where did it cross the line for you? It's it's the frequency of it. That's okay, so, what I have concerns about because um, we went to rival schools five miles away from each other. We didn't we didn't know each other then, but it was always kind of like both of our schools got kind of pigeonholed as like 
um, his school was considered sort of like a homoerotic school where, you know, guys had weird sexual habits and there was a saying where it says, the odds are good, but the goods are usually odd, you know? So I had a lot of girlfriends that had to deal with a lot of really weird sexual preferences with guys from the school and he did his undergrad and graduate degree there. I don't know, I've just tried to move past it, honestly, but it is kind of odd that it just feels like that's always going to be an issue. Do you think the school makes perverts, or perverts attend that school by choice? <clears throat> I think it might breed something like that, because I went to an old girls' school, and uh, there were several sort of little things that I didn't get involved with, because I wasn't a lesbian. By like any stretch of the imagination. And he went to an all boys school. Yeah, I went. To, I went to an all girls high school. Yeah. And, and he went to an all boys school. This pervert. Man? He went. To, well, his college is an all boys school. It's, it, like it's like MIT. It's like straight up, like different kind of guys. Okay, so know, what did he say when you asked about these hand jobs? Like, was he enjoying that it was a dude, or was he closing his eyes and thinking of pussy? I have no idea about that. Why not ask? That seems like the most fantasy. relevant follow-up well, question. fantasy played in? I know, and I tried to talk to him about this yesterday, too, because it was bothering me. Um, he was like, he thought it was very, I mean, he he looks back on it that, like, at first he was being taken sort of advantage of, but I was like, yeah, but, like, 10 or 15 times, you just kind of have to wonder. That, that seems like more of a routine. That seems like some weird you know, kind of uh, thing that you're having with someone that might be taking advantage of you because he might have, like, a gay preference. And so... Have you had sex... Shut up. Have you had sex with this guy? No, not yet. Does he like girls? Yeah. Is he... Does he identify as bi? No. You know, in the long-sorted pre-Stonewall, pre-modern gay rights movement history of homosexuality, there was a, an, a long and time-honored tradition of gay men servicing straight-identified men, and straight, actually straight men, but helping them yeah. drain their balls, because access to pussy is restricted, and it's harder to get women in the sack than men, and gay men uh-huh. used to be kind of like the fire bucket brigade for cum, and we would uh, get it out of straight guys' nutsack so they could be sane and uh, go home to the wife uh, who wasn't fucking them. And yeah. gay people, you know, for a long time, it was called trade, were sort of a safety release valve for a lot of uh, straight male spunk. And then comes the yeah, modern gay rights movement it. and the yeah. idea that it's not just gay to give a blowjob, but also to accept a blowjob or a handjob from a guy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everything changed. And that seems to be, you know, as the idea of heteroflexibility takes hold, as the idea that a guy can have an erotic experience with another guy and not necessarily be gay or have to identify as gay or even bi you're seeing a bit more blurring of the lines, particularly among, you know, liberal college educated weirdos. And there are more guys out there who can lay back and, you know, throw an arm over their eyes and think of Angelina Jolie while some, you know, dude massage therapist ups his tips by draining his sack for him. You need to talk to this guy about what was, you know, unspooling between his ears while this was going on. If it was a walk on the wild side and he's a bit bi, is that okay with you to be with a guy who's a bit bi? But I think it's a distinction without difference for you to say, you know, once or twice, fine. Fifteen times, nuts. Well, we're unacceptable. Fifteen times, unacceptable. I don't don't get how you arrive at fifteen is awful and one or two is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pattern is... Well, I just think the keeps... blurring of the lines thing, I understand. And if it happened a couple of times, and then he just sort of 
you know, moral compass are just decided. It reminds me. It reminds me of the. It, it reminds me of the Voltaire quote, once a philosopher, twice a pervert. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what you seem to be saying is, okay, once I could understand, mm-hmm. twice or more. Like, well, why can't you, I mean, what's not, the, the same sort of motivations that went into the once, he was horny, he didn't have access to pussy, he wanted to get his nuts off, he wanted somebody else touching his dick for once, because it's a very different feeling. That's what he said, it was like, it, well, it was it was anybody besides me, you know, and I think he was lonely, and... I think it was a different sort of city that he was living in for a while. He was living in Minneapolis, and me, he had contact with a lot of people, but I feel like he still didn't really find a niche for himself yet, and so maybe, I don't know. But I just I just know the situations with the guys that dated girls in my college that were from that kind of little enclave of, of like, liberal arts weirdos. You, you sound really like... Way of putting it. You sound like... A tract from the fifties, where people used to talk about schools or cities or environments that would turn people queer, mm-hmm. that were you know polluting uh, our youth. Mm-hmm. That ain't the way it works. Like homoeroticism, homosexuality isn't catching. So yeah. if he's not gay or bi, he he didn't become gay or bi by going to this school or being exposed to these people or being in an all male environment. He may have engaged yeah. in a little situational, same sex erotic activity. Uh, to to obtain some sexual release while he was deprived of your company and the company of other vagina havers. Uh But if he ain't gay or bi, he ain't gay or bi. And I think it speaks to his comfort level about his own sexuality that he would be so open with you about this experience. So rather than viewing this experience as suspect... He was just sort of surprised that it was that accelerated for us to start talking about things like this. And so... I mean, I appreciated that, and he gets obviously he gets points for that. But well, I mean, then don't penalize him by overpsychoanalyzing him or no. applying yeah, a different no. standard to the fourteenth hand job than you would apply to the first six. You know, guys make a lot of cum. He could have gone in for a hand job twice a day. Mm-hmm. That he only had fifteen over a period of how long? How long was this going on? Yeah, I I don't even know how long. I think you should talk more with him about it. And you should risk telling him that you're a little uncomfortable about it and see what he says. Yeah, well, we went out to dinner yesterday and I kind of brought it up again and I talked about it in the car. Why does it make you uncomfortable? Are you worried about getting involved with a guy who's going to leave you for another dude? Are you worried about being involved with a guy who's obviously comfortable with the idea of paying someone to give him a hand job and what that might portend for your future? I think maybe you're right. I have antiquated ideas about maybe like modern courtship and stuff like that where I, I see... I don't really try to encounter too much sexual deviance. I mean, I dealt with a fuck buddy before for like like half a year who had PTSD. And, you know, it was kind of a struggle even trying to like... You know, you keep using the phrase sexual deviance. What? I, I, you keep using the phrase, I haven't dealt with sexual deviance on this level. Yeah. And uh, I think that rather than ding him for deviancy... Uh-huh. That he deserves credit for honesty. Nobody yeah. is an all column A person where you know all their sex acts are from safe and vanilla, predictable, uh, determined by their sexual orientation. Column A. Everyone's a mix of column A, column B, column C, column D. And that he was willing to be straight with you about his sexual history and about this weird, fun, different thing that I think points to. 
not deviancy, but honesty, openness, comfort with his own sexuality, and comfort with you. And perhaps mm-hmm. you're the wrong person for him because your reaction to this disclosure is suspicion, accusations of deviancy, you know, defaming this, yeah. this educational I, I institution. Yeah, quickly, though, to be honest. No, I gave him points for being honest with me, and um, I'm otherwise proud of him for the way he interacts with my friends. And I throw a lot at him, so I mean... I think he's good for me on that way. And the, only, the only, the only, past this. The only thing that I think him. would perhaps give you legitimate pause is if you felt in the way he rolled this out that it was the tip of the iceberg. Sometimes people will reveal something a little soon to test the waters because they, you know, want to roll out everything else or there's a lot more coming. There's 400 other shoes to drop. If you didn't get that feeling, I think you should keep seeing this guy and see what he's like and not hold, uh, a baker's dozen plus three of hand jobs at college mm-hmm. against him. Uh-huh. A man has needs. Yeah. And if it's an all male environment, uh, it's basically prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he got a few hand jobs from a dude. It happens. Yeah. It was it was college again, so no, I understand that. I do. It was Chinatown, Jack off. It was Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking of it's sort of like a like a a love hoe or some type of like other fetish that, you know, is just kind of otherworldly but just like he's moved on he, he's in a new environment and and so much what i do is shaped by my environment so he's in a new environment I mean, but clearly he has the capacity for this so if you marry this guy and six years into it you have a couple of kids and you're not fucking him i promise you he's getting hand jobs from some dude somewhere yeah so if you sign up for him you know that that's uh part of what you're signing up for perhaps yeah it's true okay thank good luck Concerned that you might have a sexually transmitted disease? Want to talk over your options without going to a doctor's office? Get STD Tested offers physician-connected STD testing, including same-day STD testing, at-home testing kits, free doctor consultations, online prescriptions, and access to over 2,000 local centers. Get STD Tested also has several exclusive home STD testing products delivered to your home. If you're looking for fast, accurate, and confidential testing, call one of their professional and compassionate reps today at 888-387-1879. Again, that number is 888-387-1879. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm 24. I go to a massage therapist maybe once every month. I've been going to him for probably about five months now. And... He gives me the best massage I've ever had in my life. It's it's amazing, and, you know, it involves Reiki and a lot of, like, pressure points and just all this crazy techniques that you don't get at a regular spa. It's in this guy's apartment. And it started off um, really great um, when I first started going several months ago. I had the best massage of my life, and I left feeling completely rejuvenated. So I started going back, and more and more, every time I've gone back, he has started really touching me in ways that confuse me a lot. And, you know, I'm a confident young woman. I'm not really scared or ever feeling uncomfortable, and the massage is totally professional. But... Sometimes he'll touch my boobs and he'll touch my inner thigh in ways that don't 
feel so professional. But it's such a fine line, and it's such a crazy hippie massage that I can't tell the difference. You know, um, it started off, he was kind of just like going around my boobs and sort of, you know, massaging my arm and my chest muscles. But now, several massages later, he's really rubbing my boobs. And it's really, he's rubbing them <laughs> a lot and touching them and squeezing them and really concentrating on them sometimes, it seems. And believe me, I don't hate it. I'm totally relaxed. But then it started, you know, I have my underwear on during the massage, but sometimes I'll be lying on my back face up and he'll just be hovering over me, rubbing. Yeah, I have no bra on. He's just rubbing my breasts a lot. And then he'll go down to my underwear and sort of move them over and rub my inner thigh and turn me over quickly and, like, rub my ass, like, move my underwear out of the way sort of aggressively and, like, start just, like, going at my ass and rubbing it and, like, moving my ass cheeks apart. And it's, like, I don't know where to draw the line. I'm not uncomfortable. I feel great. He's totally professional. There's no, like, hard-on in sight. Everything's fine other than this. And I weirdly don't think I, like, want it to stop, but I just don't know what to make of it. Holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. You can't believe okay, this? This is just a phone call. Deal. I can't believe those massages are happening. I want this massage practitioner's name and number, and I want an appointment. <laughs> so, uh, any massages since that last call? Yes. And? Any and I wanted to call you back, but I, I didn't know if it had been too long. Any further developments? Yes. Dan, he, like, m- massages my breasts like they were a slab of meat. And is that like, a good thing or a bad thing? I love it. Like, I'm wet. It's, like, amazing. And he, like, rips my underwear to the side, like, grabs my ass. Rubs my inner thigh. Is he hot? Yes, he's Australian. And you're, is there a problem here? You're calling me because you want permission <laughs> to keep going? I don't know. I just, yeah, and I just don't know if I should, like, draw the line or if I should be, like, reading the signals that, like, I'm just not getting. Because, you know, otherwise, like, he doesn't come on to me in any way. It's totally professional. And he's really great it's at what totally does, professional, but... except for all the <laughs> boob rubbing, ass rubbing, moving my underwear around. You know, it does sound I like know. he's very slowly... Uh, either this is his technique to keep the ladies coming back, right? Where he very slowly and gradually, uh, you know, grooming behavior, we would call it, if this is any sort of molestation or non-consensual behavior. But he's very slowly, like, testing the waters, feeling you out and feeling you up. And clearly, he senses that this is the direction in which you are comfortable with the massages moving to a more erotic place, and that it keeps you happy and keeps you coming back for more. I don't yeah, see why you wouldn't speak up. Not to say, how dare you touch my breasts, but to say, wow, you're erot- these massages are like t- going to a place I didn't expect, and I'm loving it, and, <laughs> and keep it up. But, like, do, you, do you think that he wants to fuck me? I think that only he knows the answer to that question. Because <laughs> that's, like, my ultimate question. I'm like, why 
is this happening? Like, is this part of it, or is you, this a he, signal that I should be reading? You know, he could be the flirty barista who every hard-up, horny guy thinks wants to fuck him, but she's just angling <laughs> for tips. You know, this could be the way in which the hot Australian masseuse builds a loyal and devoted clientele. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I think people should be direct and honest, and he should, he should say, but he would, you know, if he had said at the outset, I also do erotic massage. If you'd like this to move into a direction where I'm rubbing your ass and tits, please check this box. <laughs> you could have run screaming. I mean, last time, like, I went, like, four days ago, he got on the table, on top of me. He didn't even have a shirt on. He was just wearing shorts and, like, barefoot. Okay, pictures or it didn't happen, as I say on the internet. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I just, you know, this is, I want to see pictures of this guy and these massages. I'll you just you, you just need to call him on it. You know, you've reached this point as a client where you should be able to say, these massages have arrived at a place where they're really erotic. And if you're uncomfortable with me having an erotic response to you, we need to dial it back. But if you're not uncomfortable with me having an erotic response with you, take your shorts off. Be assertive. Really? You what, think I should say something? Do you want to fuck him? I, I mean, that, that, no, I want to get a massage. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going for the massages. I, I tolerate. I, I to, I'm willing. Going. I am willing to tolerate the breast rubs and the ass rubs and the <laughs> naked Australian crawling on top of me. But I am just there for the massage. <laughs> I swear, I didn't even know that this was going to happen. Like, it's not like someone told me that this was going to... Opportunity, <sighs> you know, I, I'm not saying that you initiated this professional relationship in anticipation of a good fucking, but it is clearly moving in that direction, potentially. And I'm all I'm asking it you is, is, what do you want? Have some agency. Don't be a girl. Don't be a socialized to not have any sexual desires and not be assertive about it. You tell... I'm not the, I'm not the masseuse. You tell me. What do you want? I want to know what's going on. No. What do you want? Yet... I want him to fuck me. Tick a box. Yes, I want him to fuck me. You, no, I don't want him to fuck me. You just want me to say that. I want you to tell me the truth. Do you not want him to fuck you or do you want him to fuck you? I don't think I want him to fuck me. I just like, I, I think I would just like knowing that he wanted to. I'm so glad I'm gay. No, no man would ever craft that response. I'm, I'm going to have to unpack that for like the next six days. I'll call you back in a week, all right? <laughs> I'm I have to think about that you. response. I well, then you need to, if the if the massages are in danger of going to a place where you are not comfortable. Like if the next time he crawled on top of you, he was naked and had a hard on. Oh, I, I mean, okay. Going on the tone of your voice just there, that's clearly a place you don't want the massages to go. So but they, I don't think it's going to go there. Well, it's been I don't escalating. Know. I just it's been know. escalating. You are the frog pussy in the frying pan. It's been getting warmer and warmer in there. Yeah. So I think you just need to have like a direct conversation with him where you say, yeah. I love these massages. They, you know, I hope it's okay that they really turn me on, but this is as far as I want them to go. Um, you yeah. know, here's a, here's a tip. Uh, here's a little extra tip, but we've reached a, we've reached the point where I want them to get no more intense, but you just need yeah. to be assertive. Okay. okay. And if, if you don't want it to go any further than it's gone, Speak the fuck up. Okay. 
He's. I mean, he's hot and everything. I'll send you pictures, but. <laughs> yes, please know. do. <laughs> but you know, I'm not trying to bully you into fucking this guy. But I do think that you know, if somebody's handling your breasts uh, in, in a massage yeah. that is not ostensibly erotic, you can't then be too shy or inhibited to speak up about what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Okay. And if you're comfortable with where things are at right now, just say that. Yeah. So does he is he one of those massage therapists who gives you a hug when it's all over? Yes. Okay. The next, go for a massage. Get the hug, and say, when he gives you the hug, say, "I love these massages, but we've, you know, just so you know, we've reached a point where they're as intense as I can stand and take. And please don't, uh, don't ramp it up any further." Okay. And just, what's he going to do? He's not going to burst into tears. He's going to say, "Okay, great." Yeah. Thanks for the money. See you next yeah, time. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I mean, we have like a really friendly relationship. Everything's cool. I think it'll be fine if I just say something, right? Yes, it will be fine yes. if you say something. <laughs> Believe you. And me. can I go back? You know why? Because I don't want to end you're up. You're asking having me for. Like a... Wait, wait. You're asking me for permission. How many times has this, has this guy given you a massage? Probably like 10. Okay, you don't need my permission to keep seeing him. I'm not your mom. Okay. I know. Do what you want. You like these massages, they turn you on. Based on the tone of your voice, when I asked that question before, I think that you don't want to fuck him. And you're nervous because you're afraid it might go to a place where you find yourself fucking because you don't. You're not assertive enough to say anything. And if you can eliminate that nervousness by just speaking the fuck up and then keep seeing him and it's going to stay at this level uh, where it's acceptably erotic to you with, and with an assurance that it's going to go no further without your explicit consent. Because what's happening right now is it's gradually getting more and more intense, more and more erotic without any explicit conversation or your consent. And that's problematic. Okay. Yeah. So he's taking it in a direction. He's reading your physical cues. I don't think you've been assaulted. I don't think anything non-consensual really has happened. But he's yeah. gradually upped the ante at every massage to a point where he's obtained a sort of non-verbal consent. You keep coming back, la la, and you're uncomfortable yeah. that it's going to eventually cross a line that you don't want to cross. So draw the fucking line. Okay. You're his boss at that moment. Fuck yeah, I'm and his boss. clearly he wants to keep his clients happy. Yeah. And he doesn't want to lose you as a client. Yeah. So say something. Okay. I, I really just, I don't want to have, like, a Seinfeld moment where I, like, can't go back because of, like, some weird, awkward hard-on or something. His, his <laughs> or yours? <laughs> I don't know. Mine, probably. Okay, I think you need to draw the line, have a little convo about it, thank him for his work and his efforts and tell them how much you appreciate the massages and how much you dig them where they're at right now and you need to draw that line and I guarantee you you'll call me back in three months and you will be fucking him oh my god I hate you I love you have fun send me some pictures <laughs> mail at savage love thanks Dan I'm a big fan thank you so much for calling sure thing bye hi uh, Dan congratulations on your 200th podcast and uh I listen, don't always agree, but admire your passion. Your um, uh, Diddy says that your jingle says that there's nothing we can't you can't ask. I can't ask. Uh, so um, the idea of anal intercourse turns me off. Um, as long as it's consenting adults and they both enjoy it, that's fine. Uh, 
but uh, I'm curious. My question is out of curiosity, but it may be a straight answer from you, which is the type you give, might be helpful to practical for some listeners. And my question is, uh, when there's anal intercourse, what do they do about the shit? So your question basically boils down to, if I may make a musical comedy reference, how do you solve a problem like Maria's shit in her lower G track when you want to fuck her ass on your honeymoon in Austria? Um, yeah, shit. Shit would be anal sex's colossal PR problem. Always has been. But but here's here's the rule. And it seems so obvious that I'm I'm surprised people can't work this out on their own. For the same reasons you don't have oral sex with a mouthful of food, you don't have anal sex with an assful of shit. Thank you for calling. Um, it's easier to know when your mouth is empty and you're good to go for oral sex because you can look or swallow uh, what's the food that's in your mouth and then uh, your oral cavity is ready to go. Well, your anal cavity is a little bit harder to read, uh, but you can empty yourself out and you can learn uh, your body well enough to know when your anal cavity is as empty and uh, ready to be penetrated as your oral cavity uh, is and can be. So what do people do about the shit? They don't have anal sex when they have shit in their ass. Uh, you can have an enema. You can douche anally. Uh, you can clean yourself out. You can also be one of those magical people with a well-balanced diet who uh, is regular and knows when they're good to go back there, which is not to say that mistakes don't happen. Mistakes happen. Which is why we have showers that we can jump into. It's why we have the term Santorum to describe the unfortunate occurrence when lube and fecal matter froth up. But just as the occasional lap full of vomit is a known risk from oral sex, the occasional uh, poop on dick is a known risk from anal sex. As with all sex practices, you do everything you can, if you're a reasonable person, to mitigate, eliminate, reduce those risks, and then you pursue your pleasures where you can find them. Hi, Dan. It's a long-time listener, first-time caller. I actually had a comment, not a question, but it's for the uh, the guy that called at the beginning of podcast uh, 198 about he had the problem with his dick shrinking and uh, something about being gay because of some early experiences. I just wanted to further set his mind at ease I'm a straight man. I've always been a straight man. I have a very loving girlfriend, and for the most part of my life, I've had girlfriends most of the time. Not saying that I've ever had a boyfriend, but anyway. A few months ago, I did have an experience where I got a blowjob from a man, and it didn't make me gay. I am still very straight. It was just one of those things, you know, I was, well, pretty inebriated where I was placed, where we were watching porn, as guys will do, and he basically offered to suck my dick, and me being drunk and horny, it's like, yeah, why not? It felt good. It was all in good fun. I mean, that's it. I'm still straight, buddy, at the beginning of Podcast 198, you are still straight. Don't have anything to worry about. You'll be all right. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a straight 18-year-old from Georgia, and I was just calling to respond to the disgruntled boyfriend and a couple podcasts ago who was complaining about his girlfriend's mother coming in when they were having sex. Okay, 
first of all, you are 20, 20 and 21 years old. If she wants to live with her mother, that's her business. If she needs to live with her mother, that's her business. The end of the line is, that's her mother's house. You should not, first of all, you should respect the fact that that's her mother's house. If she doesn't want you to have sex in her mother's house, don't fucking have sex in her mother's house. I completely support your decision. I, I mean, that guy just, I'm just frustrated. Um, I don't think that he has a right to complain about not being allowed sex in his, her, his girlfriend's house. I mean, she, you made a perfect point. She may have siblings. You know, maybe her mother doesn't want to know that her daughter's upstairs having sex, being in an old southern term violated by her boyfriend, quote unquote. But you know that's her business. That's her house. If your brother's at your house, like you said, get him out of the house. And if you can't even do that, just like just get in the car, man. Go to the t- go to the top deck of the parking lot and screw away. Believe me, I'm 18 years old, living at home my first year of college. I've had my difficulties, too. But you know what? I was able to keep it in my pants when my parents are home. Have a little bit more self-respect for your pa- for her parents, who are, I'm suggesting, being five years together, you guys are in a committed relationship. You should have more respect for her parents than that. As far as telling your girlfriend that her mother's a cunt, never, under any circumstances, diss your girlfriend's mother. Because guess what? At the end of the day, she's probably going to support her mother you can talk shit all you want about your own mother but you do not talk about anybody else's you respect you listen to what she has to say you say honey i support you whatever you want but you do not do that keep it in your pants keep your mouth shut thank you uh for that call that last call and for being a longtime listener little uh, bonus advice for you you sound like you could use a massage I'm just thinking maybe a trip to a parking garage of your own. You seem a little keyed up. That's all I'm saying. You need a little tension release, perhaps. You and I are in agreement. You're calling to back up my advice, but you just seem a little overly invested in this other person's problem. And a little, I sense a little tension in your voice that perhaps an Australian massage therapist could help you rub out. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. Or, even better, you can have the Savage Love Letter of the Day delivered directly to your iPhone by going to the iTunes store and buying the Savage Love app. Good news, Android users. The Savage Love app for Androids is coming soon. 206 201 2720. Oh, and you read me every week in alternative weekly newspapers all across the country, including the Free Weekly, an alternative newspaper distributed at no cost to readers in Northwest Arkansas. Well, you can read me in the Free Weekly just once. They ran one column, the whole place freaked out, including the Subaru dealership that bought a full page ad, and uh, they dropped my column. So you can read me in the Free Weekly last week, but never again. Bye, Free Weekly. I'm going to miss you. 206-201-2720 is the number. Give us a buzz. Me and the Tech Savvy at Youth. We'll be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. <laughs>